0: Hey everybody, Char here and welcome to the Blonde and Strong podcast. This is a podcast of strength and empowerment with each episode dedicated to helping our listeners improve their health, well-being, to learn, grow, and unlock their strength from the inside out. I felt called to create this podcast to give a platform to inspirational guests to share their knowledge, experience, strength, and hope in order to empower others to prove it's possible not only to survive, but to thrive. This is done through open, honest, and filtered conversations, a safe space for people to be raw and powerful through their vulnerability without shame or judgment. No topic is off limits as long as it has the intention of empowering our listeners. Our growth is our own responsibility and no one can do the work for us, but I truly believe that we're stronger together. So sit back and relax. We're about to dive in deep. Come dive in deep with us. And in this very special episode, I have the amazing Kenna Renee, who is a dating coach. And actually even more funny than that, she is one of my home girls from back in Southern California. Obviously we have only just met, but we grew up literally around the corner from each other. And I absolutely love the power of the internet, how we we could have grown up literally around the corner and never ever met before. But we're here now. So Kenna, welcome. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you. I'm
1: so flattered that I'm a brunette and I get to be on your show.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, I know. <laughs> I have to like really reiterate this. Like the blonde and strong thing is not about a hair color. It's definitely a, a state of mind. It's a tribe, a community. It's extremely inclusive. And it's for anybody who, you know, feels or wants to feel strong, empowered, resilient, and free in their lives. So it doesn't matter if you're blonde, brunette, redhead, whatever. We take everybody. <laughs> yeah, who doesn't want all of that, right? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. But, you know, we have to do the work. We've got to work towards it. So that's that's um, the whole concept, really, behind Blonde and Strong. Um, I can't even begin to tell you how excited I am to have you on as a guest because dating in 2020 never mind 2020 let's just go dating like in the 21st century then we've got the whole craziness of 2020 in and of itself which brings on like a whole nother level of just nuts in the dating world right and um I feel like it's something that's so alive for everybody right now like unless you're married and like partnered off or whatever already but like it's super alive for me and I've been following everything that you're doing on Instagram. And I couldn't wait to get you on. I'm like really, really excited. So before we dive into all of the juicy dating stuff, let's start how I start with everybody with a little quick game of this or that, because I feel like it lets the listeners know a little bit more about who you are. I love it. Let's do it. So uh, cats or dogs? Dogs. Phone call or text? Phone call. Beach or mountains? Beach. (laughs) Coffee or tea? Coffee. City or countryside? Oh. I guess city. Okay. Winter or summer? Summer. Connection or isolation? Connection. Bath or shower? Bath. IQ or EQ? EQ. Love or money?
1: Both. You can have both, y'all. Let's just say we can have both. I want to get into that. I'm not kidding. Oh, my gosh. Okay. That was a hot
0: topic right there. <laughs> oh, go, go. You just carry That's it. Don't for me. No,
1: it's a hot question because it's so fascinating. As I've been engulfed in this world and we've seen so many changes in our society of the dynamics of women and men and their roles, we as women, I hear so many women talk about, like, I'm building my business. I'm focusing on my goals before I can have a partner. And men do not think, really, do they think that they can't have both. And so I see a lot of, like, these little um, images on Instagram that are, like, single taken building an empire. And it's, like, why are you not Why is the option not and normalizing building an empire and building a partnership? And so it really, like, we are so much more capable and badass than we realize. And the fact that we're not questioning, why do I not believe I'm capable of creating both is a problem in our society right now. Like, it is a major problem that men walk around leaving, yeah, I'll climb the corporate ladder. I'll build a business. And it's expected that I would have a woman by my side. And for women, we're like, oh, I need to do one before the other that like, it just makes me so sad inside. So I'm saying both y'all, we can have both.
0: Oh, that is controversial. I love it. I love <laughs> it. No, I agree. I agree. You can have both. Um, I've seen a lot of men who um, seem to have like a bit of a blueprint in their mind of their life and how that's gonna look. And very often it can be building the the business first or like getting to a certain position of, um, success in their career, money, power, whatever that might be, so that they can provide maybe a better lifestyle for that partner before they invite them in. Um, and, and I've seen men get trapped in that a little bit where they're like, no, I have to get more and more, otherwise I can't provide more and more. But I agree with you. I don't think men ever really differentiate between, I can only have one or I can have the other. And I think sometimes women do 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 that a little bit. And again, that is a generalization. I don't know that I've ever like put that kind of a limitation on myself, like love or money. But if I had to pick um, a man between love or money, like would I go with the man who had the money or the man that I was madly in love with? Again, I believe you can have both, <laughs> but um, it's got to be love. I dated someone that had money, and I wa- I couldn't do it. Yeah, and when I speak about
1: when I speak about that, men don't believe it. What we're talking about is what you said. There's a a hard line in the sand that I have to do this. Cause even if they're climbing the corporate ladder, if they're getting to a significant place in their financial means, they're doing so. And some of them, a lot of them, like I, I had this discussion with my boyfriend too, because it was like, what do you think? All of his friends are very successful. And he was like, yeah, there's some guys who take a break from dating because they're like, I wanna focus on this, but they are not taking years off of not dating anyone just to put their focus on their career or their business. And they might like date casually, they might still keep dating. And I think we, the the trouble that we fall into when we take a break is that it does actually like prolong the process. And um, it actually, like in my opinion, sorry, like it weakens our ability to like endure and overcome and like keep pushing through things. Um, when we do this whole light switch dating is what I call it, where they're like taking a break, dating, taking a break, dating. But anyways, when I say like men don't believe it, it's just, it's not as hard of a line in the sand for them, which is like, I have to take a break. I can't date. And I'm like, why do they believe they can have it all? Like, why is it just naturally a belief system? Like, yeah, it's fine. I can do both.
0: I feel like that's a whole nother podcast. It is a whole nother podcast. (laughs) Of <laughs> where men and women societally stand in their belief system. <laughs> I know it is a whole nother question. Oh, so we definitely need to come back and do that one. <laughs> but no, I agree. I agree with you completely there. And that I love your concept about the switch dating uh, on and off, on and off. How m- I'd love to have like a show of hands of everybody who's listening to this right now and say that like, if you are single or dating or have ever been single and dated and used online dating, how many people... Have deleted the app, <laughs> downloaded it again. Deleted the app, downloaded it again. You're like you're in, and you do it for a while, and then you're like, "Fuck this, this isn't working." Delete it, and you're like, "This is shit. I'm never doing this again." Big break. I can't handle all these psychopaths. You <laughs> know, then you like no. go back on. You try again, and then you're like, "Nope, I need a break." Delete it again. I've actually seen it loads of times. Like I've done it where I've deleted it and then gone back on and deleted it and gone. <laughs> Definitely. I know. Yeah. I understand what you're saying about that temptation to like have a break because you're not getting what you want. And I think it's a little bit like a petulant child who like throws her toys out of the pram, you know, they come. you know. It's like I'm not getting what I want here, uh, and then you just like toys are out, apps deleted, people are blocked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are we doing? Uh, okay, so there's a, okay. There's only a couple questions left. Um, oh, okay. so we'll get through it. Depth or width? Oh, what was that? Depth or width? Yeah. Depth or width is a question. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, not in like a a connection perspective. Okay. Would you rather have like deeper connections with a few people, or like loads of superficial connections with people? Oh, depth. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. That has caught a few people out with that one. Um, Like, wait, we're talking about dating. What? What are we referencing? Oh, I had my friend who's a sex coach on. Forget it. I know that one's straight I can't do it. So, um, would you rather be right or happy? Happy. Okay. That's it. You pat, you're done. You did it. You answered the questions. I feel like I know you better. Awesome. I hope they do too. (laughs) I'm sure they will. Okay. (laughs) So we spoke earlier about, um, what's really alive for you right now, you know, with all of the coaching clients and I, coaching isn't necessarily you're a, a dating guide shall we say so you like to guide people through their dating experience uh to turn it into something that they want and make it successful for them in six months mm-hmm. is that right yeah aim for six yeah. months six i months. love it yeah that's fast. It, so it a fast yeah tell me a bit more about that um about what's
1: On what I'm like most passionate about right now? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Okay. So what I've noticed a lot lately is, you know, we went through a lot of changes, you know, the feminist era hit and that changed a lot. Even before we got started recording, we were talking about this a little bit. And that was that the dynamics of men and women have changed so much. And there's a lot of... Um, frustration with how men are showing up in the dating world, but equally how women are showing up in the dating world, because I do talk to a lot of guys as well. And, And it's really because there was clear cut lines and boundaries of what a man's role was and what a woman's role was. And then everything got mixed up. But what didn't get mixed up is a woman's desire for a man to lead, to pursue her. And we talk about it in the dating world, but there's, there's rarely a time where it's like clear cut understanding of what pursuit looks like, what a man pursuing a woman looks like, what um, you know, a, a man pursuing is just so different for every woman. So it's not just like chivalrous actions, right? It's like other things that are involved with the pursuit role that women want. And I think it's great that we still want that, right? Because I think, like, I personally believe, like, going back to caveman days, like, who a man is by nature is the way he is, and who a woman is by nature is who she is, and they work together if we allow them to. Like, they work together beautifully. But today's day and age, we want us women don't want to lose our independence. We don't want traditional female roles. We don't want to just be the one cooking and cleaning. We want a partner. We want a partner to come alongside us and be that way, be our partner in life, right? Our The contributor to really have a partnership. And I think it's great. However, so much of dating is still run by men. And what I mean by that is when I talk to my clients about their experiences on a date, if they're enjoying themselves, they're always like, well, I kind of just follow the man's lead. I follow his conversation. I follow his pace. I follow his energy. And my automatic instinct is why. And they say, because I want a man to pursue me. Pursuit does not mean he determines how much you do or do not enjoy dating. And the process of dating and your experience on a date and our our dating experience isn't as fun as it could be because we are letting them determine our entire experience how are we not questioning if this is right or wrong i'm i don't know <laughs> determining how quickly we have sex they're determining most of the time, a lot of women are like, Oh, it's expected. Like on the third date, I'm just supposed to. They're determining when the first kiss is, they're determining the quality of the conversations on the date, they're determining if they even enjoy the online dating process. They're like, This guy's conversation is lame, and I'm like, Why are you accepting it, or why aren't you changing it? This is your life, and they're like, I'm just waiting to see. What are they waiting for? What are they waiting for? Oh no and this is. Is why we're not impressed. This is the other thing. Like we're not as impressed with so many people online because you're not actually seeing who each other are online. We're yeah, not I think
0: actually. that's a, that's a huge thing. Um I uh, I hear I hear what you're saying and I do agree with you. I think that women can hand over their power a lot in a dating situation. Um I think sometimes it can be very confusing you know you talked about you know if you look back caveman days if you look at the role of the male and the female and the feminine and the masculine like they actually fit together perfectly they complement each other perfectly and if we could kind of work within the realms of that it would be great however You know, from an androgyny perspective, we all have elements of masculine and feminine energies. There's things that we all do. You know, look, I consider myself an extremely um, feminine woman as far as my energy and what I want in a relationship. I definitely want to be the female energy in that relationship. And I want someone who is more masculine and will come in and that I can support and lead obviously that works both ways however um i also run a business and i build a business and i have been the boss and i have to do the masculine thing and strategize and plan and be orderly and so i have to i have to find the balance of of both sides of those things and i think the lines can get very blurred it can get very confusing women nowadays like you said, they want the money, they want the success, they want the career. Then they go on a date, and they either come in as like a ballbuster, like a man, and then the man's like, "Oh God, I'm not really too sure. Yeah, I might, I might sleep with her. Like maybe she'd be all right to hang out with a little bit or whatever." But he doesn't want to like set up home with her. Um, or she comes in and she's like, "I guess I better be really passive and submissive and just let this guy like do everything." And she like leaves half of her personality at the door and doesn't claim any kind of control over her own desires and wants and needs. And I know I, I can only say that because I'm sure I've been caught in that, that trap myself of trying to find that balance of um, bringing my feminine self to a situation whilst also being able to have my own like wants and desires and boundaries around what's okay with me, what's not okay with me, and actually learning that I get to set my own tone. Mm -hmm. Like I get to set my own pace. Look, a man isn't, I mean, please correct me if I'm wrong, but the majority of men are going to fast pace any kind of sexual relation anyway, just because that's just the masculine thing to do. That's inherently what they want. So, and that's not a, that is definitely not anything negative or I'm not like bagging on men there at all. That's like, they are just predetermined, predisposed, genetically made up that way. They want to mate and have sex and that's great. Brilliant. You know, but they don't get to dictate that. That really does come down to the woman to dictate that and for me, I've, I had to do a lot of work about figuring out what do I want and what am I comfortable with? What do I need to be getting from a relationship before I'm willing to give that side of myself? Mm. Therefore it's all in my control. If you just took away that one question
1: from this whole podcast and you answered it, it would serve you well.
0: What did you say? What do you need? Yeah. What do I need to feel, what do I need in that relationship to feel comfortable giving that part of myself to somebody? Absolutely. Yeah. And what I do know is that if you give that part of yourself too early, only one person feels shit at the end of it and it ain't him. Yeah, definitely. So, um, you know, and any man, as I'm sure we are all aware of any good, um, man who has good intentions is going to want you to feel good. And they're going to want you to feel comfortable and they're going to respect that. And they're going to support you with that. And then they will do what they can to help you feel comfortable to take things to that next level. I know what my, I know what my list is with that. Like, not to be like too like regimented about it but I know how I need to feel and I know what what I need to be getting from a relationship and it's safety and security and if I don't feel safe and secure and there isn't a certain level of commitment it's just a no-go for me so but that's my list and not everybody has their own that doesn't mean that I'm if all I wanted was to go out and have like sex or, um, kind of meaningless sex where it was just fun and whatever, that would be okay too. That would be my decision to make. I get to make that decision. And if that was where I was at in my life and that's what I wanted to do, I would be all right with that, but it's just not where I'm at.
1: And here's what I want to point out that was like so vitally important, which is what a lot of women don't understand is that you mentioned, I need to feel safe. And then you also said one other thing. So I was listening so intensely. I
0: feel safe and secure with us with a level of commitment, like where we are both on the same page with the same intentions and commitment level to what's happening.
1: So a lot of times as daters, we are so conditioned to look for actions a man is taking in um, in order to know that he's genuinely interested. We look for actions but what you pointed out was so vitally important and that's a feeling. A feeling can be provided in multiple different actions a man takes. So for instance, when we talk about wanting a man to show up for us, well, he didn't open my door, he didn't pay, he didn't, my key question is, what, do the, him, what does him taking those actions make you feel? How do you feel as a result of him taking those actions? And it could be safety, it could be cared for, So ultimately your value is to feel cared for and to feel safe. And that can happen with a man by him doing multiple different things, not just the traditional chivalrous actions, but our focus is so much on, well, did he do X, Y, and Z that I need a man to do in the beginning stages of dating versus, oh, look at the ways that I actually did feel pursued and cared for and safe that he also did for me. I felt really safe and cared for when he asked this extra detail of my day and he remembered that. That made me feel really safe and cared for. But we don't notice it cuz we're so pigeonholed focused on like well, did he plan the date? Did he ask me out on the date? Did he pay for the date? Um we're we're just so focused on these other actions without understanding What is it that you need to feel with
0: somebody? That's way more important. Well, do you know, it's really interesting that you say that because my um, dating criteria and my experiences have changed as I've gotten older and I've dated more and had more relationships and things. And one of the things that I found was when I had that rigid, like he has to text me first and he has to arrange the date and he has to pay and he has to do this and he has to do that well, I'm not being funny, but any man can do that. Absolutely. A hundred thousand percent. And if he's not even basically doing like, if he's not even doing those basic things, I mean, what are you even talking about? Like, I can't even, so like, those are just the basics, but I used to have this kind of like idea in my head about what I wanted that to look like. And my little tick box of whatever they did. However, actions are one thing. And I love, this is like one of those really crazy things, you know, that when they're talking about actions speak louder than words. No, they don't. They Mm -hmm. might do a little bit, but they don't because words and actions have to match. And Mm -hmm. I've, I, I dated someone for quite an extended period of time who did all the right quote unquote, like right things. And his actions were like everything that I wanted in a man, but the chat, What came out of his mouth was a whole nother thing. So although we had loads and loads of fun and we were very compatible in a lot of ways, and we had a great time together, he talked very singularly Mm -hmm. about himself, about his life and about his future. His future chat was very singular. And when you were talking about that feeling, I always felt extremely looked after, extremely cared for, extremely protected and safe around this man. And we had loads of fun and he made me feel good about myself and all of these things. But as soon as we would talk about anything that had anything to do with like future planning or, and he was sketchy around it, my like intuition, like my gut would flip mm-hmm. and I knew straight away there was something off and it wasn't going to be like, there was something not aligned. So the way yeah. it was behaving and like his actions and his words weren't matching and it was giving me alarm bells so inevitably like obviously that relationship had to come to an end because I knew that we just wanted different things like we weren't on the same page we weren't in the same place and moving in the same direction and that was fine because again it's just an experience and it's taught me a lot it's taught me that words and actions have to match 100 percent I've also had men say all the right things and do all the right things, but really when push comes to shove, they're not in the same place. And they're just very good at, because I believe deep down they're a good man. And they know that those are all the things that they actually want to do for a woman. And they might value you enough to like treat you that way. Cause they know you deserve to be treated that way. But if they're not ready, they're not ready. Like if they're not, and that's that's again, like it's just like a whole next step. So mm-hmm. you know, you start with the tick. What I this has been my journey with it. You know, you start with the tick list, and it's kind of really small. You know, like <laughs> you've got this, like they didn't do this or they didn't or they do <laughs> yeah, or it's like well, they did this and they did that, and it. But it it mitigates the feeling. It 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 rules out your gut feeling. Yeah, it rules out like how act- how they actually make you feel. Mm hmm then it's like the words and the actions have to match. And then sometimes they can even both match, but I can still get a gut feeling that that person's just not quite ready. And they're just a good man. So they know how to treat a woman and they know how she deserves to be treated. And they want to do that. And even then, then sometimes you just have to walk away. But um, I find that very, very interesting. Like if I was to just sit back and let him take the lead in that situation completely I'd still be with the guy that <laughs> I'd still be with the guy, like however many guys ago. Right.
1: It's just not a normal message to receive that, like, we as women are the ones that can create whatever type of relationship we want. We have every power within us to create any type of relationship we want. And that message really isn't a popular one. It's the man chooses you, the man pursues you. I mean, look at every Disney movie—like the man comes to the castle to rescue you—and um, it, it just is. It makes me upset. Like, if, if if there's anything that you guys can start taking away is the thought process of like, what if this has nothing to do with him, the guy? What if this has everything to do with me? And I'm the one capable of creating this. Like, that's a concept to explore and an idea to explore.
0: I mean, I suppose it's just taking responsibility for your own space and your own feelings and your own experiences, isn't it? And not just leaving it in the hands of somebody else. I remember one of my favorite things that I heard around dating um, was from a woman. And one of the things she used to say is like, in that kind of like male, female, Masculine, feminine role, like the man shows you what he has to offer, and the woman gets to accept or reject that. A hundred thousand percent. And that for me was one of the most like empowering statements I'd ever heard because I was like, eh, what? You know, when like women are like, I'm sick of not being chosen, like, I'm yeah. sick, well, hold on a minute, like, but- we'll rewind because he just showed you for however many months what he has to offer you 100% and you accepted that day in and day out you didn't reject it you didn't tell him that wasn't what you wanted
1: (laughs) but here's the reason why is because the other faulty message that we've been receiving is that if he loves you enough if he values you, that a man will go to the ends of the earth and move mountains for you. And we all have to remember that while that's partially true, every man's ability to move a mountain is going to be different.
0: They're not all the world's strongest man. They're
1: not all the world's strongest man. It's It's like a woman saying, he did all of these things in the beginning and then he stopped doing them so he has the capability to do them i've seen it why doesn't he keep doing it it's like okay every single person in the gym wants to be in the gym they all want to be there yeah but if you notice some person is running 10 miles an hour on the treadmill while the other person is walking and some person's lifting 300 pounds and the other person is lifting 100 why they all want to be there everybody's ability is different. So the guy so, who showed up that way in the beginning does is not a person who sustains that. That's not who he is. That's not his ability. That has nothing to do with how much he values you.
0: That's so funny because I've always, um, when I've ever been in that kind of a situation, where I was like, God, they were so good at the beginning. Like that was, If they could just be like that, then the everything time. would be fine. Um, my go-to was, and my gut feeling was always, they're just, they're just not capable. They're just not not capable of sustaining that because that's the man they want to be. It's the man that they have the potential to be, but it's just not who they are yet. It's Mm -hmm. not inherently, they haven't done it enough and done enough work to be that man sustainably, you know? Yeah.
1: I had a client who a guy showed up for her like leaps and bounds. And I'm just going to be really honest. I think she was a little outside, like he did well catching her. And my, uh, and he showed up in all of these big ways before. And my boyfriend calls it um, out kicking his coverage. It's like a football term, but basically he was out kicking his coverage and like what's normal for him to attract and he could not sustain it. And most of the time, us women walk away thinking it was totally me. And I'm saying, it wasn't you, girl. It was the fact he could not keep up with the way
0: you needed to be treated. Dating in 2020, <laughs> it leaves me speechless constantly. Like you said, though, online, you can't possibly get to know somebody properly, mm-hmm. texting back and forth, even mm-hmm. having a... a phone conversation or a FaceTime um it's almost impossible to get the real measure of somebody and that takes months that doesn't even just take like Mm -hmm. weeks girl weeks or days I guarantee you weeks or days yeah I I say like five dates so here's my thing I usually know after two yeah I know I know I know after the first one they get a second one as a duty date to, in case they were nervous on the, I'm going to sound like such a bitch. No. <laughs> so they get one, the first date like sets the tone, but I am all for that. I totally understand that nerves like can get the better of people yeah. and like people get nervous on dates. I don't that's just me. Like I tend to not get nervous on dates, but that's just how I am. And um, I don't put so much pressure on it in my own head. Like for me, it's literally just making a new connection. And so I don't have any expectation when I go in to meet someone that keeps me like on the chill where I can just bring my best self to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, so they get the one date. if it's not great, as long as they weren't a complete crazy, like they get the second date as like a, benefit of the doubt date but I know by the end of that second date whether I actually see any potential in like wanting to date them again is if they've made it to a fourth or fifth date like I already have a decent gut feeling about what's going on and like what's going to and what's okay with me and if I'm comfortable in that situation most men don't make it that far
1: (laughs) most men don't make it that far Yeah, but I, here's the thing with you, I would say that you are a little bit more polished in the way that you're dating. Um, I, I call it like adolescent dating and then there's adult dating and adolescent dating is when the primary front and center focus of what you want has to do with like chemistry, emotions, attraction, Um, and on paper things like their job, their similar interests are the same. Like I would say, and this is not to be insulting. This is just saying like, you can do that for only so long with that being the front and center of your decision-making because we don't leave a relationship because our similar interests change. We don't leave a relationship because they're attractive. We, or they're not attractive. We leave a relationship because of how someone is showing up for us. We leave a relationship because of their emotional stability, or because of the way that they communicate, those are the reasons why we stay or leave, not similar interests, but when we're adolescent dating, that's what we're choosing first, yeah. and so I would say for you, and the way you're dating, you're a little bit more seasoned, and that you've kind of, like, graduated out of that,
0: all right, you can and call when, me an old tenna, It's fine, no, I'm just
1: saying, you're, 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 you've graduated out of that, because when you're dating, especially online dating, like, we have to consider that like the profile is 5% of who someone is, 5%. So for us to make as quick of snap judgments as we are, or to think I'm not even excited to talk to that guy, I should be excited. Why should you be excited about a profile? What? No, you shouldn't be. Why should he be excited to talk to you based on a profile? So I'm saying you kind of know more about like feeling and like what you need to feel with somebody you need to understand the feeling you're getting when you're talking to him and that makes a lot of your decisions yeah. most people are like was the banter good was there a connection then i'll go on a date with you and it's probably not going to work out anyways so like i'll just go on one date I and if the chemistry that. isn't there on one date i'm out and we are just shooting ourselves in the foot like That's not the way that we need to be approaching. There just needs to be more intention and more strategy with today's dating world. And in doing so, you can minimize your waste of time. You can get more accurate, well, like time worth your, you know, dates that are well worth your time and more connection with guys if you do it intentionally, but we're not doing it intentionally. And that to me is the only wasted time is when
0: we're not doing it with intention. No, I completely agree, and it's funny that you should say that because definitely there was a big shift for me in how I dated around intention. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that that's a really big thing, and like you said, the things that keep you there and the things that make you leave uh, the the two like biggest things, and this took time for me to figure this out was one communication how a man communicates with me um on the day to day, but also in conflict, or if I have a concern about something and I need to express my feelings or set a boundary, how a man responds to that and how he communicates with me about his needs and what he wants is so important to me. If a man, I appreciate that we all have our own shit and our own uh, conditioning and We've all had our own past experiences, and some people are just naturally more avoidant. Some people are more naturally anxious in those attachment styles when they're dating and in those romantic relationships. And I'm a pretty compassionate, like, understanding person. So I understand about giving people space or whatever, and that's not an issue. But if someone completely shuts down and is not willing to have a conversation with me, that's a huge red flag. If he says, I can't have that conversation with you right now, but I promise I'll have it with you at some point in the next day. Then that's fine. That's all I need. As long as I can sleep at night, I don't really care. Like if you need a day, if you need a week, just tell me how long you need and I'm all right with it. I'll just go on about my business, you know, and that's fine. But when someone completely shuts down, is incapable of having like an adult conversation, then that's a really, it's just a big no. It's a deal breaker for me now. So I can feel that for me is one of my deal breakers. If someone cannot communicate with me, cause I'm not a big one in a conflict situation. I'm not one to like scream, shout, lose my shit. Like I've taught myself how to be an adult and approach conflict from a negotiation standpoint to try and remove, like as I approach someone to try and remove the, um, emotion out of it whilst being able to communicate my feelings you know and that's taken me a long time to learn how to do that and kind of be comfortable enough in myself and and be able to do that but I also know I'm capable of doing that and that's a really big thing I know that not everyone can do that well I was gonna say
1: I want you to know that like you've built that muscle within yourself you've built that ability that skill that you know what i mean and so for anyone that's listening that's like well i don't have that skill that's just not who i am she you're talking about it in terms of like this is who i am like it's ownership like it's part of your identity now it's who you are it's ingrained so deeply that there is no other way because you're talking about it like ownership right In the same way that we talk about ownership, like I just self-sabotage, that's just who I am. Well, I want you guys to know that like, that's not the case. This is a skill, relational skills are things you learn you understand, you grow into. It's not something we're taught. It's not that these magical people have it and you don't. It is 100% in your ability to grow it the way that we grow a muscle. The more that we do it, the more attention it has, it's going to build within you. And so that you become the person who's like, yes, this is who I am. I'm on the date to see what you bring to the table because I know with certainty what I have. And I don't even need to tell you it. I don't need to show you. I don't need to do anything.
0: I literally just said that to myself today. <laughs> literally just said that to myself, having a conversation in my own head. I was like texting with someone. I just thought, Do you know what? <laughs> I know what I bring. I don't yeah. have to explain it to you. And I definitely don't have to prove it to you. And if you haven't got the time to come and figure it out, then I definitely don't have any interest in speaking to you. And that's not, that might sound really like harsh and bitchy and big headed. And all of those things. But you know what? You're right. It isn't. I know my worth. And it's taken me a long time to get to that point in my life. Growing up, my parents definitely did not model like the ideal marriage and relationship. I was not taught how mm-hmm. to relate well in romantic relationships in my family. I was not taught that at mm-hmm. all. You know, and like exactly like what you said, this was something. I had to seek out myself, I had to seek help, I had to seek knowledge, I had to seek um, skills, Mm -hmm. you know, and I had to listen to a million hours of podcasts and read books and talk to people like you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to learn how to behave differently, to change my conditioning to rewrite my story. And then a lot of practice. Yes. It takes a lot of practice, so much practice. And sometimes I would force myself to have those conversations with people just to practice it. Like I would even have conversations that probably didn't need to be had, but I felt like it was an opportunity for my own growth. Yes. And sometimes I still do that. Like, so every once in a while I'll be like, actually, this doesn't even require a response, but it's triggered me and i I need to know, like, if I'm capable of doing this or not, like, what do I really want to say? What, how am I really feeling? So for me, my dating experience has changed from the tick list. Although I have like my own wants and my own vision, it's become way more about how I feel. Yes. It's all a feeling now. It's like Mm -hmm. a gut feeling. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, how do I feel around that person? How does Mm -hmm. this person make me feel? Do I feel safe and secure around them? Do I feel valued and cared for and important? Do they show me that I'm worthy of the best that they have to give, even if they can't give it every day, Mm -hmm. like that they can consistently give it, you know? So, because I know that I have it consistently to give back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's about you know, and I, I'm not trying to sound like, oh, it's all like, I'm just going to sit here while they feed me grapes and fan me. And like, look out, <laughs> like, no, I, have, no. I have a lot of love to give and I have a lot of support to give and a lot of, you know, heart. And I can't just be giving that away, like to someone who hasn't given anything or. <laughs> well, and
1: I think you, like, like I say this with my clients a lot too, like, you already said I have a lot of love to give so even if you held back for just a moment to observe and to see who that man is being by nature you have a lot of love to give which means it's not something you can just cut off completely right there's a gradient in how much we give or don't give right yes. so you're giving still you're still giving him something. You're just not giving to the extent that you would, where you're showing that like, look, it's good, right? Like, look, look what I bring to the table. I need you to see it. So the way that I imagine it is there's a very calm energy inside of you where you can literally sit in your power and you sit. It's like when you're giving a Christmas gift and Christmas is coming. And so when you're giving a gift to somebody that you love and you know it's a damn good gift. You're like, I am so proud of this gift. It's so thoughtful. It's so sweet. They're going to love it. You sit probably a little bit giddy inside, but you sit in just like so much peace about it. When you have an excited gift to give, that's like, look, see how much thought I put into this. You want to like spill it out. Like you want to tell them about the gift. Like you're like, open it now. Like, or you just like surprise them or you tell them before They even get a chance to open it, but when it's so good, you sit back because you're relaxed in peace and calm. Like, oh my gosh, this is gonna be awesome. They're gonna love it. We look at ourselves the same way. When we have something to prove, we tell people, look, look how amazing I am. This is just who I am. I'm a loving person. I'm a giving person. I'm a thoughtful person. We verbalize it. When we know that who we are is a gift, like it is a true, genuine gift, the good and the bad. You can sit in peace and calm and reassurance that you don't have to show anything. They would be damn lucky to see it.
0: I absolutely love that, it's so true, so true. I know like for me, I used to give and give and give and definitely give too much. And I think that that's, you know, it can work both ways. Um, I definitely had a habit of giving too much to try and prove my worth mm-hmm. and, you know, hoping that if you keep giving, they're going to realize how amazing you are when mm-hmm. actually they're never going to realize how amazing you are. Cause they're not really that interested uh, and they can still be into you, but like, they're just not there. They're not in that place where they're going to like give all that back. Like, and so what I used to find was I would do it and then I would feel really like hurt and used and like, why have I done all that? Like, what did I do? You know, like, but actually they didn't do anything. That was all me. They haven't done anything wrong. Like it was me. I chose to give all that whilst getting nothing in return. So all I was doing was hurting myself. You know, I was kind of just bearing my all like and not expecting anything back hoping I'd get something back. Well, I don't live like that anymore. Like that's definitely not who I am now. Like that's not my life. But for me, the way that I keep a check on that is again, just through my own feeling. So if I feel like I can do something for someone, this doesn't even have to be in a romantic capacity. This can be in any situation whatsoever. I genuine, like generally I am a very loving, caring, giving person. That's just how I am. And I love to be there for people. And I love to surprise people with things. I like to do little thoughtful things for people. That's just kind of how I've always been. Now in a relationship perspective, the way I keep a check on that is if I can do that and I feel really good about it, like you said, where I have that like calm sense of peace where I give that and I just feel happy and I don't expect anything in return. And I don't even care if they like message me back about it or anything. Like I just know that what I've done was like, this is something that I wanted to give with nothing attached to it. Then I do it. The second I do that or you, I can catch it now. Like where, if I think about doing it and I'm like, no, wait, no, I actually want, I want something back or I haven't gotten anything. So I actually don't even feel like giving anything now, you know, I can catch it way, way earlier, but what I used to have to do was if I gave something and I could feel a sticky resentment, I knew I'd gone too far, (laughs) you know, like where I would, I would start to feel a bit like, "Mm, he didn't even say thank you. Mm, Well, he doesn't need to say thank you. Like I, it, He, it would be polite and it's nice and of course it's always nice to like have that like reciprocated but the reality of it is is if I can't give it freely with no expectation and be okay with that then I can't give it like that's where I have to sit for me and that's a lot of learning
1: right there what you just said is takes a process of taking the action and being willing. You were willing to not get a thank you. You were willing to not get the acknowledgement. You were willing to for it to not be seen and valued in order for you to learn what that feels like in your body. That's the catch, is that so many of us are a little bit scared to go through that process of learning to understand what it feels like. And everything you did was mainly about, again, who you were becoming first. And as soon as we see that who we are is a gift, it instantly attracts people who see you as a gift. There is no other option. There is no other way. As you increase how you feel about yourself, I always say confidence gets you in the door. It puts us in the dating world. We're willing to go date and risk rejection because we're pretty confident. But self-worth, deep-rooted self-worth is the difference between what you said you used to do, which is let's see if this will get approval and be appreciated. And now you do it because it's who you are and it makes you happy and you don't need anything in return because his acknowledgement does not increase or decrease what you just did. No. And that is a practice to get there y'all. Like, I just want you to know, it's not, (laughs) that is not something that you just step into. It takes a lot of risk. It takes a lot of not being
0: acknowledged to get there. It takes hurting. Like you have to almost hurt yourself. Like you have have to push yourself to your upper limits in love. You have to push yourself to your upper limits. Like I'm 41. I've just Mm -hmm. turned 41. Like this is not something that I came to overnight. This is not like I woke up one day and was like, I'm done uh, having my boundaries fucking trampled all over, I'm done, um, you know, being codependent or, you know, chasing unavailable men. I'm like, although to be fair, I I have woken up and and been like, I'm literally done with this shit. And I have woken up and said, I'm done with it. But then I had to learn how to undo it. Like I had to learn how to undo it. Like, I'm not going to change that overnight. I wouldn't even necessarily know where to begin. I had to change one little bit at a time. And then you change stuff. I think like with anything, progress isn't linear. It doesn't matter if you're trying to lose weight or whether you're trying to lose bad habits or, you know, find better love in your life. Like progress isn't linear. There's always the little up and down and the little step back and the steps forward but definitely like, I think like what you were saying, I had to turn my dating life into an experiment for myself. It's not really about the other person. It's not about the other person at all. Everything that I created,
1: everything that my clients create I always tell them the men are never the factor. The online dating world is never the reason why you're not getting what you want. The men are not the reason why you're not getting what you want. Your small town you live in are not the reasons why you're not getting what you want. If you just go back to you. And I tell people like, treat the dating world like it's your training ground for the relationship you're creating. If you have, if you only want one way, if you want one chance at succeeding, if you want to get married and you don't wanna get divorced, then why rush the entire process of dating and why not just use the dating world as your training ground? Am I doing and being everything that I wanna be in my future partnership right now? And if you can put that focus on your dating life, it's going to happen so much sooner than when you're trying to figure out which men to attract. Like the men change automatically. Like what you said, changing your own behavior always changes other people's behavior.
0: It by, default.
1: To change. by default, you don't have to change anything about the guys. I un- instantly attracted better and better and better and better men when I just went back to me. I didn't have to try to find them. I didn't have to. It's like, it's magical, but it's true.
0: I also find um, that the men that I might have dated in the past quite repulsive, which is a nice thing, like as well, because there's time, like, you know, there's growth when someone, when, when someone of the opposite sex says something to you and you're like, ew, Mm -hmm. that's such a turnoff. When before you would have been like, either not even noticed it, or you'd have been like, oh, I didn't like that, but I'm going to just ignore it. Correct get down to some, or like, you know, whatever. Whereas like now I'll be like, ew.
1: Yeah. And the way that you feel about things changes what you do. And so in your feeling different about you and yourself, the things you once were tempted by are no longer an issue
0: anymore. Right. You're like, ew, that's just unattractive. I remember my mom. So my mom and my dad were both very like spiritual people. So they believe very much. And you know, they did yoga and hence how I got my crazy name. But um, we were always brought up with that concept of like, you know, the universe and energy and, you know, people being brought into your life exactly when they're supposed to for your greatest growth, your greatest soul growth and expansion and all that kind of stuff. And I do live by that. Like I truly believe in that when I was a kid, I totally rebelled against it, but I genuinely do live my life by that now. Um, and I know like, each of these men, each one comes in like next and next and each one teaches me Mm -hmm. like how to be a better woman. Yeah. And even if they aren't great, like they teach me how to be a better woman and they, it doesn't get worse. It gets better. (laughs) If you do the work, each experience gets better and better and better my one of my longest relationships was quite tempestuous it was very um volatile and and not great and this is going back like 20 years ago it's a very very long time ago um and i remember my mom saying to me if you'd have just been yourself your true self he would never have been interested in you I <coughs> just like if-
1: most people feel like they are being their true self. I feel like most people feel
0: like they are and they don't realize they're not. I'm just saying. Yeah. Because at the time I didn't realize I was being somebody else. Yeah. But that takes a lot of awareness and it takes a lot of like honesty, getting real, like you got to like, stop BSing yourself. You've got to be able to get really like hard and honest with yourself and take a really serious look. Like I kept my mouth shut a lot when I shouldn't have and I I remember it was <laughs> um I remember watching it was it Runaway Bride mm-hmm. with Julia Roberts and was that like Richard Gere as well was that like the sequel, so. sequel to like Pretty Woman or whatever and I remember her being in the kitchen making like 25 different types of eggs or whatever and they walked in like what are you doing and she's like I'm trying to figure out what kind of eggs I like because whatever man she dated whatever man she got in a relationship with whatever man she got engaged to she just liked whatever they liked and she used to eat her eggs however they had their eggs and so when you said to her like what how do you like your eggs and she'd be like how she would always say however her boyfriend liked them yeah and I remember watching that being like and I think it came out like when I just left him And I remember sitting there thinking, I like a runny yolk. Like I like my eggs over easy. They don't even do them like that in this country. I live in the UK. They don't even do them like that. So I have to poach my eggs. It's the only way. I like my eggs over easy. This man cracked my fucking yolk for six years. Literally took the spatula and jabbed it into my yolk and ruined my day for six years. Like, and I let him do it. Because I was afraid to tell him I didn't like a hard yolk because what if he didn't love me because I don't like my yolks the same way. What kind mm-hmm. of bullshit's that? But that is sadly how people live their romantic lives. Because <laughs> so we write it off as like, oh, it's not that big of
1: a deal. It's just my eggs. But like- it's just my eggs, but in the long term, it's you and your voice. And that you're taking a stand for what's important to you and what you like. And there's a lot of women who are like, oh, I attract unavailable men. I, I constantly attract unavailable men. And I'm saying, is there a version of you that you're being that's attracting unavailable men? What if who you were attracted available men? Do you get what I'm saying? And we're just in the habit of attracting unavailable men because of the way we're showing up that
0: isn't fully ourselves. Yes, I agree completely. I was like, Well, I don't think people realize that they're doing it. I don't think like exactly what you said. I don't think people always realize that they're living in that energy, that they're, that they're living in an old story. Mm -hmm. And I think this has been the biggest um, lesson that I've learned maybe in the last, like a couple of years is we live in these stories. We have these self-beliefs that somehow like they become core beliefs, but they're not true. They're old Mm -hmm. stories written by our parents or our families or school or friends. These are old stories. You get to choose your story. You get to write your story. Fuck what anybody else says about you and who you are. But that means you have to be willing to be really open and honest with yourself and have a really good, hard look at who you are what you're doing that's serving you, what you're doing that's not, what, how do you feel every time you make that decision? How do you feel every time someone says that to you? Are you keeping your mouth shut when they crack your yolk? (laughs) Fuck, I know, like, I tell you what now, if anyone tries to crack my yolk, I go fucking ham. I'm like, nope, if I go and get poached eggs in a restaurant and that comes out hard, it's going back. And I don't send food back ever. But the poached egg—if my yolk comes out hard, it's going back. And that—that's been like ingrained in me now. That's like so like, funny. And I know it's again—it's only a little thing, but it's one of those like truth speaking yeah. things that I'll never ever forget. Yeah. And um, that the whole progression of that, I suppose, for me in my life, I, I heard someone say once, like I made a decision to have every difficult conversation. No matter how scary it was, no matter who it was with, I made the decision to have every difficult conversation because if I don't have it, I'm only cheating myself. I'm only only abandoning myself and I'm only letting myself down. And as long as I can have that conversation with love and honesty and integrity and kindness, because the truth is kind, like Mm -hmm. as long as I don't go in like being a bitch, then you got to have that conversation, avoiding it achieves nothing. No growth gets, comes from being quiet. And so what are your top tips for women to take their power back, improve their dating experience, whilst also being able to maintain that femininity and, and allowing a man to lead where it's important. Yeah. So a couple of things are first, always asking
1: yourself, tapping in and asking yourself, What type of experience do I want to have? What type of chatting do I want to have online? What type of experience do I want to have on the date? And really getting clear on, you know, when you say, oh, I want it to be fun. Okay, what about it do you want to be fun? And how can you make a contribution to that? That's the first thing. Another thing is, too, is when you know that you are a woman worth pursuing, you're a lot less focused on am I being pursued? When you inherently know, okay, I know I'm a woman worth pursuing and I have this like governor of when I'm gonna stop giving so that I know he's moving towards me too. When you trust that inside of yourself, You don't worry about the nitpicking, should I text him? Should I not text him? Most of the exhausted energy that comes with dating is because we're constantly overthinking and over questioning what we're doing. But when you know, okay, I know when I'm going to stop. I know when I'm going to give. I know when I'm not going to move too close to him and make sure that he's like moving towards me as well. When you know that inside of you and you know, I am worth pursuing, you don't overthink the actions. You don't worry so much. So that's another thing. The other thing is too, is as much as we talked about like today, we've like emphasized how much work it is. I just want you to know that the reason why I exist is because I've taken the old stories, the um the questions that we come up with in our head throughout dating, the uncertainties that we have and that come up with dating, and I've condensed that in a six-month format. So That people don't have to spend years. There is no reason. It's not as hard to change as we think it is. It's hard when we DIY it. Like, think about like building a bookcase yourself. Yeah, it's gonna take you twice as long because you're trying to figure it out. But if you're not DIYing it and you just get an expert to do it, or you get the IKEA version, even sometimes that's hard, you're gonna figure it out quicker. So that's basically what I've done in my coaching is helping you get rid of old stories, helping you get rid of patterns helping you find clarity in your worth and who you are, what boundaries to set, how to navigate the online space so that it's quick and easy and simple in a lot less time. So I just want you guys to know when we, you hear us saying it's work, yes, it's work, but it's not work that has to take years and years and years and years, it doesn't have to. Um, so just even knowing I can create The dating lift I want. And if I created it the way that I want to, what would be one thing right now I would do to make it that way? Even if that's like speaking up sarcastically, right? Like I wanted the online space to be fun. And if a guy was responding with just answers and he was not like asking me anything back, I literally sent him a message that said, Your energy and excitement for this conversation is just so overwhelming right now. Good luck on here because I was like, I need to make this funny for me. Like using a little sarcasm that's like, hey bud, you kind of suck. Like step up to the plate right now. (laughs) It's a little overwhelming, you know? You're just one word answers are too a little overwhelming. So go have fun on here with somebody else. So make it how you want. Give yourself the freedom to say these things. If I wasn't offended right now that this guy was wasting my time, and I just would rather feel unbothered by it, what would I say back to him? Like we don't realize the option of like feeling any different, like an annoyance or frustration or happiness. We don't even realize that's an option.
0: And it is all at all times, every moment of the day. That's so funny that you say that. That is definitely something that, that's something I've definitely adopted. and every once in a while, I'll just be like, it's all right. I'm just amusing myself on here.
1: Correct. Absolutely.
0: Like when you just think about, okay, well then I'm going to make myself happy
1: and like laugh about this. Then it like eases that
0: someone's not showing up for you or it eases the pressure. Like I wish I'd met you sooner, Kenna, you know, like the reality of it is that I have spent years working on myself and it has been hard work, but then there's been other things to work through. It hasn't just been like, the dating stuff, you know, Right. so, um, it has taken me a long time to work through those things to get to the point that I'm at. But what I do know is that once you get on that road and you get on that journey and having the guidance of, um, you know, a coach like you who has this blueprint for like six months of being able to do this work whilst actually enjoying your dating experience, because I think what happens is everybody gets so tired and Mm -hmm. drained from Mm -hmm. dealing with people who are unavailable or less engaging, who aren't chasing, you know, and it can get frustrating. i love that you've condensed this down into kind of like a six month process. Um, the content that you've been putting out, um, on Instagram, I'm absolutely loving, like I'm living for your videos. I think they're amazing. You always have such great insight on them. Um, one of the videos that you put out last week was all about like connecting, like with your future Mm -hmm. self and how that would feel in relationship. And I feel like that's such a powerful tool for people um, when they're going through these sorts of processes. Like I would just massively urge anyone who is single and in that whole dating process, you know, check Kenna out, get her on Instagram. Is that probably the best place to catch you? Yeah, definitely Instagram at the Kenna Renee.
1: And then I just jumped on the podcast bandwagon. So um, I have, there's three episodes right now out, and I'll be dropping episodes every Thursday. And it's Dating Without the BS.
0: Oh my God, I saw that. I loved it. I absolutely <laughs> loved the title of it you know, blonde and strong is BS. Oh my God. It's perfect. (laughs) I was like, I absolutely love that name. It sums everything up and Mm -hmm. you know, what you're, what you're doing is so important. I know it sounds crazy. You know, we're in the middle of this crazy, like pandemic and there's all this shit going on, but the reality Mm -hmm. of it is that the one thing that never changes is that people crave connection 100 percent. they crave partnership they crave love they crave connection and that will never change and unfortunately maybe not unfortunately but the world is changing and the way that we connect is having to change in the beginning at least you know until we get to that like next place where we can actually like meet and it can be a minefield and i know people struggle with it i know i've struggled with it I know that people can get really tired and then they don't take it very seriously and they don't bring them best, their best selves to the table. And that can be frustrating for people, but what you're doing is so, so important because it's empowering people to take control over their own dating experience. Whilst also, you know, if it's a woman, you're getting to take responsibility and take control over your own dating experience while also still staying feminine and letting a man take a lead. And that's a difficult balance to strike. And what I would say to anybody who wants to attempt that and make that a part of their routine and who they are, definitely get a coach like Kenna for that. Because if you try and navigate that on your own, you will make a giant balls up of it for an extended period of time until you figure it out. And if you can do that in six months with Kenna with a completely like guided blueprint, I would massively recommend it because it does. Otherwise it will just take years and years. And you know, who wants that? What's that? Well, thank you. I appreciate that. In fact, where do I sign
1: up? I'll just, I'll just, I've done the work, but I can use more.
0: I've done the work. I've done the work. But you know, like I always feel like, um, the work is never ending. Yeah. I also feel like even when you learn these lessons, sometimes they crop back up just to like, I feel like the universe just goes, are you sure you learned that the first time? A hundred percent. Oh my God. That's a whole nother tangent. Cause
1: as soon as you make a decision, like firmly rooted decision of what's the best for you, the universe will go, okay, are you sure? sure. Here's your
0: temptation. Because hundred percent that just happened to me. And like genuinely, huh. like this happens to me all the time. Like, so I will make an affirm, like yeah. affirmation, that's intention. I will like write it down. I speak it out loud. Next person who walks in front of me guaranteed is going to be everything I want in a little package, but the bow on it is going to be exactly what I said. I don't want. Yep. Absolutely. It'll be like, this person will be like 10 times better than the person before, but they still have that bow that I said was a deal breaker. And the universe is like, are you sure about that? Are you sure you don't want that? Are you Mm -hmm. sure? Like, are you sure? (laughs) Even if I dress it up really extra pretty and they're super cute and they do like, (laughs) it happens to me all the time. No, it's true. It's true. It's because it's like, how committed
1: to you are you? How committed are you to your elevated self and your future? And that's what's coming
0: up. It's like, are you sure you're committed I literally the love universe that. responds to certainty I love that Kenna that's amazing <laughs> okay so uh you can catch Kenna on Instagram I will put all of the links um in the description so that you guys can find her she's incredible I can't thank you so sweet. thank you so much thank you enough for being on and I already know that Tons of people are going to get so much from this. So um, I'm sure we'll do something again in the future. But next time you're going to be wearing a blonde and strong t-shirt, even with your brunette hair. Perfect. Love or maybe it. a hoodie because it gets kind of cold out there in Denver. <laughs> I know it does. It sucks. <laughs> so I just want to thank everybody for taking time out of their busy lives to listen today. Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, share, do all this stuff. Leave your five-star reviews thumbs up, whatever, Uh, you know, it just helps us to get into the ears of more listeners and change more lives. So until next time, stay strong, my friends.